Welcome to the Virtual Staff Room, a podcast made for teachers, by teachers, or with a dash of educational technology thrown in. My name is Joachim Cohen, and today, like every day, I am joined by two rather awesome members of a Technology for Learning team, Linda Lazenby and Yvette Pachoglian. Welcome, team. Hello. Hello, Joe. Well, like most of our listeners based in and around Sydney, we are currently in lockdown and recording this podcast from our home offices, doing our bit to keep everyone safe. But we have it easy. So for all of you, our listeners out there, we wanted to dedicate a series of short podcasts to help you get through remote learning and provide you with inspiration and escape and also some insights to power your online classroom journey. And rural teachers, you might find these podcasts pretty darn insightful as well. But listeners, we are not the first and likely won't be the last school system to transition briefly to learning from home. So what were the experiences? What does the evidence say? What really works and what can you do? Now in this episode, we are lucky enough to be able to speak with Zee Soon, General Manager, Evidence and Impact at AITSL, the Australian Institute for Teaching and School Leadership. And last year, Zee and the AITSL team completed a research spotlight into what works in distance learning. Welcome, Zee. Hi, Joe. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Zee, to begin with, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your role at AITSL and what sparked your interest in educational research? Oh, brilliant. Thanks for that question, Yvette. So first of all, I work for an organisation called the Australian Institute for Teaching and School Leadership, which is a national body that exists to promote and support excellence in teaching and school leadership. Um, and as you as you mentioned, Joe, I'm the General Manager for Evidence and Impact at ATL, which, as the name suggests, means I work with an excellent team to ensure that ATL's work is guided by good evidence and data. Um, and that we also set up um, um, ourselves to really understand the impact of our work. So I look after a research and evaluation team, but also a team that leads a national project called the Australian Teacher Workforce Data Project. Wow, gosh, now I, I, it's really exciting, Z. You've got a, an awesome job. And I guess the question that, that everyone probably is asking after they're hearing this is, what does the evidence say about teaching and learning from home? Well, what works? Yeah, look. I think that's a that that is a question that's definitely on everybody's mind given the situation um, across Australia and across the world. Um, so, what you mentioned before earlier, Joe, was that Aitsel released a couple of products um, last year around well around I guess the situation that we're in. So, um, one was called What Works in Online Distance Teaching and Learning. And the second um, was the role of school leadership in challenging times. So we had hoped those releases would really help in the situations that people found themselves in in schools across the country last year. But obviously, in the situation that we find ourselves in a couple of states and territories, hopefully they're equally as useful in the current situation. Um, particularly that first piece I mentioned, what works in online distance teaching and learning, really goes into well some of the points that you've, you, you just sort of raised in your question. So it outlines the importance of having a really strong and clear teacher presence in online learning, as well as really setting clear expectations between students, teachers uh, and parents about that learning experience. It also goes into some detail about how important it is to create a supportive um, online community that really promotes collaborative learning, in some ways mimicking what happens in that classroom. Again, inevitably becomes a little bit tougher when people aren't sitting in the same room together. But given where we are with technology, there's all sorts of opportunities in order to kind of facilitate that interaction and that collaborative learning experience. But there is some trade-offs as well. So I think screen time is a real challenge. How you manage um, the quantity of screen time whilst ensuring quality. 
Because I think um, teachers um, out there really need to find the right balance between and um, between ensuring their students continue to have that kind of face-to-face -face virtual interaction with ensuring they do have time away from the screen as well to, to have their own kind of reflective learning practices. And uh, what the spotlight does, does go into some details about some questions you should ask yourself when designing um, your, your instruction, designing kind of lesson plan, but how you balance that quality versus quantity. But I guess kind of moving from that direct engagement, there's also stuff around um, 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 how important in this kind of virtual learning environment or um, parental engagement is and making clear lines of communication between teachers, schools and the parents and kind of, as I was saying before, um, um, establishing that that clear set of expectations, that clear set of follow up and, and allowing parents to understand what their role is in that learning in virtual learning environment. And part of that, which um, again, I'm sure we'll go into a little bit more detail later on in our conversations about how they can set up that home learning environment, as well as how both teachers, schools and and, and parents in this kind of digital virtual learning environment can look after well-being of students as well. Mm. Zee, you've just hit the nail on the head. It's really um, about understanding those expectations and the support and the collaboration that's needed behind the scenes at home, but also for the teachers to really grapple with. Um, it's it's something, it's a real balance. And I mean, you sort of alluded to it, but the idea of using the tech in the right way and you getting a, some kind of a balance is really important. Um, what does purposeful and strategic use of tech look like in, when you're learning from home? Is there a magic recipe or maybe some top line thoughts you have on this? Look, um, I don't think there's necessarily a magic recipe, but as you were saying, I think it is the key things are being purposeful and strategic. And what I mean by purposeful is that um, really being thoughtful about well, um, how are you using the technology? Are you maximising the use of te that technology? Are you are you ensuring that it both facilitates that kind of direct instruction as well as that collaborative learning experience? And in terms of strategic, that goes to that point about um, quantity and quality as well. Are you ensuring that you're getting that balance right between um, instruction as well as providing feedback as well as um, creating different ways of um, engaging with that learner? And look, I think there's, um, again, speaking to some teachers about their reflections during um, the, the previous lockdown periods in a couple of um, states and territories, it was really interesting to hear some of the different examples of, of the way they've adopted technology in really purposeful ways and what they've learned from it and what they think they'll kind of continue to adopt moving forward. And so, look, I think there's some, one great example was um, a, a great teacher I was talking to in Tasmania who taught um, both maths and science, and he found that um, um, recording and kind of like pre-recording um, lessons was really helpful in being able to have differential learning within his classrooms as well, so that he could both cater for students who were um, really excelling through the material, as well as those that required a little bit more support. He was able to pre-record different sorts of materials to the varying um, levels of, of growth and development and progress within his classroom. Oh, wow, Z, that sounds like a really, you know, creative way to make the most of this experience and perhaps something that teacher may adopt once they go back to the face-to-face -face classroom, which I think would be would be really exciting. And I just wonder, that idea of quantity versus quality, are you able to expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah, definitely, Joe. So, um, um, as I alluded to before, that's one of the things that we go into in a little bit of depth within that spotlight that we released last year. Um, it, that's what like, refers to um, a couple of resources, but also a set of questions from the literature that was um, released a few years ago. And um, one of the questions is around what's the context that you're using the technology for in that kind of screen time? 
where and when and how is that digital content being accessed so that you can understand well um, um, what the experience is of the student through through that screen time. Also, what's the content that's involved with it? Is the content at the at the right age or skill level? Is it appropriate for that learner? And also, what are the the connections being facilitated in that online experience? Is it um, is it just an individual experience, or is it a positive sort of social connection alongside it? And I guess also when you're thinking about it more broadly, what's the impact that we're expecting um, that engagement, the screen time to have? If you're um, if you're having the the student have long hours in front of the screen, how does that affect their physical kind of well-being as well as their health and well-being as well in and around it? So getting that balance right, as I was saying before, and asking yourself some of these key questions is is what the literature says is really important in terms of navigating that quality versus quantity of screen time element. Mm. Z, look, schools are hubs of learning, but how different does this look online? In terms of an online school community, what does it involve, who's involved, and maybe from a leadership perspective, what are some of the things to consider? Yeah, look, um, how do you kind of mimic that kind of physical school environment, that school community where teachers are engaging with parents, parents are engaging with school leaders, school leaders with teachers and students right at the centre of all of this? Um, is something to really kind of pause and reflect on in terms of the online um, um, environment. And I think one big part of that is around first understanding the online capability and facilities of your, your, your school community, what your students have access to, what they feel comfortable with and what their parents and, and families in and around the student feel comfortable with as well. And once you kind of have that baseline, you can start to um, understand and, and, and use and employ the right tools and around it. So, Look, um, 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 we've been through across Australia a couple rounds of lockdown, depending on which state or territory you're in. A lot of this has already been established in many sorts of ways, but it's important to then understand, well, are there particular groups that are accessing more than others? Are there um, particular students who have um, are more needs than others in this kind of virtual learning environment? And being able to then adapt and, and, and shift the focus of that online community to ensure that it's as inclusive and supportive to all students and families uh, as much as possible. It's really amazing. As I'm listening to you, Z, it's it's the same challenges we face with a face-to-face -face and our normal type of school environment we do face in the online world. But perhaps, you know, or, and I suppose they're not the same, but the same considerations. And um, I guess that brings me to a point about parents. Are there some tips that our teachers would actually be able to pass on to parents for this period? Oh, look, as you say, Joe, um, a lot of the 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 the, op the challenges and opportunities in, in the school learning environment translate straight across to the virtual learning environment as well. Perhaps the solutions are a bit different, um, and how you kind of approach them are different. But the challenges and opportunities still exist. And in terms of that point around parental engagement, um, it becomes particularly important in this kind of virtual learning environment. And so things like um, really supporting um, um, a, a child's um, understanding of their potential working directly with them, particularly in the early years around things like reading and talking and engaging with them about their learning, what they're learning and how they're kind of progressing is really important. And so establishing a really positive um, schooling and educational relationship is really fundamental to that. And I think a big part of that is learning together, right? So that includes um, engagement in in not only the, the the schooling activities that are set out by the, the, the child's teachers, but also the everyday activities that come alongside 
schooling, whether it's preparing meals, whether it's um, learning um, in terms of um, um, discussions about what the family members are up to, and then creating a really positive, supportive homework environment as well. So um, the child feels that that, that that homework is important and that there is support and a space um, and, and time for that homework to be completed as well. And so how you kind of create those same sorts of rules in, in what is a bit more of a a grey environment where the schooling is happening in the same environment as um, as as homework and, and the rest of life can be a bit challenging, but creating different spaces and um, both physical and mental are really quite important. And I guess particularly for 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 students on on the older end of the spectrum in adolescence, it's also really important to be sensitive to I guess the need for autonomy and independence in among um, an environment where. Um, it's a lot tougher to, to have that autonomy and separation um, when you're not actually leaving um, the premises in order to, to go to school. But then also um, for, for those sorts of students um, talking about their aspirations, uh, expectations, and then creating um, that really supportive environment as, as they kind of progress through adolescence, not only um, through their education, but socially as well. Yeah, Z, I think you've touched on that idea, the holistic education experience some of which can be mirrored online and some of it um, we're still, I guess, working that out. And I guess it comes down to maybe thinking about um, what kind of tools students might be using at home increasingly, like AI tools and AI-based learning systems that might be really um, great in the short term. But I suppose we're always having this conversation about um, the idea of the continued importance of the teacher in the classroom, whether it's online or you know on campus. Is the teacher role even more important when you're learning online? And what does your research suggest about this idea of teacher presence? What should it look like ideally in the virtual classroom? You hinted at that balance that's needed, but what are your findings saying? Yeah, thanks, Yvette, and I think that's a great point. I think with the advancement of technology, it provides lots of opportunities, but at the core of this, teacher expertise is still of paramount importance. And, and that being able to be facilitated by technology, whether it's different apps or different kinds of platforms is, is the key. How you make sure that expertise is conveyed or facilitated um, to maximal effect um, is the key to making sure that virtual learning and teaching um, is, is happening. I guess um, what really needs to happen in that virtual environment from, from what we've seen from the research um, there's actually a great list that we, we we outline in the spotlight from the Californian Department of Education in the US, where they kind of outline a couple of things that that what that teacher presence should be mindful of. And as as we've covered earlier in in, in our conversation, setting that expectation um, between the student and and uh, the teacher about the, the that that sort of presence and what that looks like, and the availability of the teacher is quite key. And um, in some ways, it kind of mimics the the in-person school experience, where you know when you have class with that particular subject with that particular teacher for example in secondary school you know that's their availability for you similarly with uh, access at, at, at lunch times or outside that experience you know what those are so being able to somewhat mimic that um, that expectation in the virtual world or virtual environment is really important as well and that kind of links to that timetabling aspect to make sure that um, that, that students know when to be able to access um, the, the expertise that they require and when, when they can, um, they, they're, they're able to kind of check in with the teacher and similarly when the, the teacher um, uh, can check in with the student as well so that there is those clear lines of communication when, when that assistance required. But I guess beyond that, looking at the more social element of learning, um, um, it's about creating spaces um, um, for online discussion between students as well. And they can provide a really great avenue for, for students to learn off each other. Um, 
in similar in a situation where you might have group work or or, or, or sort of whole class activities in, in the classroom itself, these kind of online discussions provide an opportunity for shared experiences. And um, as well as um, teachers being able to kind of contribute and kind of steer the discussion in the right kinds of way, I think it's being able to establish that kind of presence and that rhythm is quite important. And I think and, um, whether that's through words or through kind of videos or, or, or other kinds of material or content, that's really quite important to understand for the student what sort of material is coming their way, how they can kind of interact with it, and subsequently how they can um, reflect back on their, their own learning and, and progress through different types of formative assessment so they can kind of work with the teacher to understand how they're going and, and, and how they're developing. Wow, Z, it's it's amazing how insightful what you're you're saying is, and how I can start to relate it back to you know the idea that school is a big part of uh, our routine. It's a big part of students' lives and something that they can always rely upon. And transferring that to the digital space is so important. I imagine for for their well being as well. I can I can really hear what you're saying, and and I guess. You know, this gets us to our next point about getting really practical. What are some of the top tips you have uncovered when teaching and learning online? Um, look, I think there's all sorts of um, innovations that are happening all across uh, Australia and all across the world in terms of this online learning space. I referred to one example from uh, a teacher I spoke to uh, in Tasmania uh, at the beginning of our conversation about what he did with pre-recording some videos in order to, to help differentiate um, between the learning levels within his class itself. But I've heard many others, which I think really embrace that sense of technology. So um, we all know the importance of high quality feedback um, to supporting students learning and development. I spoke to one teacher who was located uh, uh, in Victoria. So they obviously went through long periods of, of, of lockdown and, and, and virtual teaching and learning. One of the things they found really useful was rather than the more traditional written feedback, which they, they would... Um, they would do in the in-person schooling, they were able to provide almost kind of um, voice notes or, or video notes back to their students about uh, feedback on their, on, on their work. And they felt that conveyed tone a lot better. They could be um, a, um, um, a lot more effective in terms of conveying the, the type of expectations that they, they wanted to see in their work and articulating what could be done to improve it. And I guess for the, the, the teacher's point of view, it was also a lot quicker to do and made marking and providing feedback um, and substantive feedback a lot more um, of an expedited process. And again, we talked about parental engagement before as well. Um, many, have all, many of the teachers I spoke to have also found the more virtual and digital channels have meant that they're able to access parents in ways that they hadn't before. And we know from the literature how important that parental engagement is. And so having these new channels to both provide materials to parents, but then also um, communicate with parents when otherwise a lot of parents aren't able to either make it into school or need to be accessed um, in different kinds of hours. These new kinds of technologies and platforms open the door for um, a richer kind of parental engagements um, for some students and some teachers. We are singing from the same song sheet, RZ. We are all about that personalised feedback. Love that idea about dropping in audio into, um, you know, work of students. So loving that idea. Um, in terms of resources, does your team, uh, Aitzel, have a go-to site or a page that you want to give a shout out to that our teachers, no doubt, will be really looking forward to seeing these resources? Can you let us know where to find them? Of course. Thanks, Yvette. And thanks for the opportunity to share these. So, uh, well, if you jump on www.aitsl.edu.au, that's the AITSL website. We've got the two spotlights I mentioned before, one on what works on online distant teaching and learning, but also one on that role of um, school leadership in challenging times, which 
COVID definitely presents, but not only COVID. But kind of on the website as well, we've got the hub and uh, a Facebook group um, that you can kind of track down. And that Facebook group um, has about 7,000 members and provides a great conversation um, spot for many teachers to kind of discuss questions that they may have um, in terms of teaching more broadly, but then also um, particularly in this kind of um, virtual teaching environment, perhaps share some of the experiences and discuss um, some of the innovations that um, they've come up with that they can, they can really learn from each other. And I would encourage um, um, all the, the teachers and practitioners out there um, to sign up to their or mail on the website as well so you can make sure that you get the latest information about the, the publications like Spotlights that, we've, um, that we're releasing as well as any of the other materials that we out there that we do release out there so you can get them first as well. Oh, now Z, they are great resources, that's for sure. We'll make sure we include those in our show notes so people can click to access those. But um, you're speaking to the whole set of New South Wales, teachers across Australia and, of course, the globe, but especially our Sydney Metro colleagues at the moment. What piece of wisdom would you like to pass on to them? Thanks, Joe. Well, I guess before I, before I, uh, I share anything from the wisdom, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for your efforts um, across New South Wales, across Australia and um, across the world about the, the work that goes in by teachers and school leaders and the lengths you're going to support students um, during these, um, these particularly challenging times because, um, again, it's, it's incredibly important and profound work and I just wanted to say thank you. Um, but I guess the message I would send out is to continue to innovate and, and, and understand what is working for you and your students. And hopefully the materials and the resources I've just mentioned, if you have access it, have provided a really strong foundation um, for, for, um, for, for what you're doing. And hopefully they can help guide you through in terms of what you design your activities as well. Again, a lot of the materials in there also contain um, references to, to the kinds of work and resources that different jurisdictions across the country are producing. So it's not only or work that we've got up there, it's, it's, it's the work that's happening um, um, across the country. So hopefully um, they can be really helpful resources and materials as you look to navigate um, um, this virtual learning period. Oh, that's fabulous. Uh, now, look, it wouldn't be uh, a podcast without asking you one last curly question, Z. So we're putting you on the spot here for our final question. And we play a game called Rocket Ship Robots. And what this is, it's modelled off uh, the BBC's Desert Island Discs where we ask people, you know, what's your favourite album that you would take for, to listen to for the rest of time? We switched it up a bit. We want to know what piece of technology you would take if you were heading into outer space or maybe the edge of space, just like Richard Branson. What would it be? <laughs> so... I think one of the technologies I would definitely take up there is the access to um, to different kinds of music. Um, again, I know there's different sorts of platforms up there, but I find music very good in terms of supporting my thinking uh, and and helping to to facilitate my own learning. So, look, I would would definitely take something music based in order to 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 help me um, to help me kind of um, focus during these kind of um, challenging times, but also to inspire me and hopefully um, inspire others as they kind of um, continue their learning journey. Are you willing to name a band or a playlist? What's getting you up and out of the door or out of the bed at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, look, so I'm, I'm listening to kind of a range of things at the moment. Um, I'm a big fan of The National, which is uh, um, a band that's been around for a little while now, but I also um, love myself a bit of Johnny Cash. That is fantastic. Thank you so much, Steve, for joining us today. Your advice and info will go a long way uh, to help out our teachers at the moment who are learning from home and teaching from home. Thanks so much. 
Well, we've heard from our expert that our podcast would not be complete without some extra gems from the team. Linda and Yvette, what have you found to make learning from home gain a smile on the dial? Well, not only will you get a smile, but you might even learn a few things. Uh, We have the Australian Museum 360 degree tour. Uh, that was created just um, earlier this year. A really great tool for students to go through and look at um, a particular focus on paleontology through the newly renovated Australian Museum. I really love that resource because students can actually go and explore that on their own. Really, you know, meet the the paleontologists, go inside all of those, uh, you know, really uh, exciting parts of the exhibit. And um, it's interactive. It's not just a, a 2D page, it's a 360 tour. Yeah, and any of the students that might have, you know, handheld VR goggles at home, they can use those as well. So a really great tool. About you, Yvette? Yeah, I love that one. Um, I've also got Taronga Resources, which is uh, a fantastic bunch of lockdown lessons available for students. Uh, and it also includes Taronga TV. So they're covering things in the next little while, like desert dwellers, predators and prey, exotic encounters. Um, and Australian animals. And I know that these these lessons are super popular, so it's really essential that you register as soon as you can. Uh, great for a class or great for students at home. So check it out. And what have you found, Joe? Well, I've chosen something a little bit different. Instead of a resource for students, I've got one for teachers. And what we've created here at T4L is a series of learning pathways that will help build your skills in the digital classroom with articles to read, things to listen to, professional learning to watch. We've got three pathways, one for Google Workspace, one for Office 365 and one for Apple Tools. So make sure you go and check them out. They're accessible to everyone and they're linked in the show notes like everything else we've talked about today. Love that. I'll check that out. So we've unpacked the evidence, provided some really implementable examples, and hopefully given you some key questions to ask to get the balance into your digital classroom. We here at the T4L team are so inspired by the game-changing work you have done to take your classroom to the cloud. If you could see us right now, we would be giving you a virtual high five and also secretly hoping you might maintain a few of these tools and techniques, and of course your digital classroom, when face-to-face schooling resumes. You are all in our thoughts and make sure you check out our other online learning special editions to further support your journey. Just a little note, please be aware that all views expressed by the podcast presenters, that's us, are our personal opinions and not representative of the New South Wales Department of Education. Discussions aren't endorsements of third-party products, services or events. And please note that as much as we sound like it, we are not experts in legalese, tech speak or anything in between. We're just passionate people keen to boost technology for learning in the classroom and to help build the skills in your students and for you to solve the problems of tomorrow. Do your due diligence, read further, and if we've got something wrong, let us know. We too are always learning and always improving. This podcast has been produced by the masterful Jacob Druce with the assistance and supreme coordination of many more awesome members of the T4L team. Before we go, please make sure you send us through your comments, your words of techno wizardry wisdom, your learning from home tips, and your thoughts for new guests and segments. And if you like the podcast, give us a rating so more and more educators find us and be inspired to get a little techie in the classroom. Stay awesome, stay compassionate, stay safe, everyone. And thanks for joining us.